Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. The Method to the Madness is around so we can educate you on what is the truth, what you need to know so ultimately you will get out there, get moving, get healthier, get more fit. I like to cut to the chase, cut all the BS out, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about. I think you're going to enjoy today's session. Before I get to that, let me thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow, and they are consummate professionals. Jonathan has a degree in real estate from Florida State University, and Lynn has an MBA And I love when people get into fields with education and or a lot of experience because it shows you that they're true pros. I will put their information in today's show notes. So earlier today, I was on a a friend of mine's podcast, Under the Tower, Mr. John Guthrie's of Halifax Hospital, his podcast. And uh, it's a great podcast. You guys really need to check it out. All things health related from... Mr. Guthrie, and uh, I had the privilege to speak on there today, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, that will be coming out soon. And one of the questions he asked me today I thought would be something I'll elaborate on today. It's, it's something we tackled near the end of our podcast today. And that was, what's the best kind of cardio exercise? And uh, to be clear, so you understand, there's essentially two different kinds, although really Cardio is such a gray area, there's more than two, but essentially there's two camps and they are the long, slow distance camps or the low intensity camps. And then there is the high intensity camps, what is now known as HIIT, high intensity interval training. All right. Give you a little more background on them so you understand today's podcast LSD training stands for long, slow distance, and it's typically done under 70% of your maximum heart rate, somewhere in there. I say somewhere in there because there is a lot of vagueness with heart rate training because there are different ways to establish your target heart rate. There is what's called maximum heart rate percentage and then heart rate reserve where you look at your resting heart rate to calculate the numbers. A lot of your sports watches use different formulas for that. I believe Apple uses heart rate reserve just based on looking at what it programmed for me. I'm not really sure what Garmin uses, but they all use different formulas. So I say somewhere around because it's important to understand that number one, Each watch uses a different formula. Number two, unless you've had a VO2 max test or a stress test, you're not really going to know what your true maximum heart rate is. And most of the time we're using what is called age predicted maximum heart rate, which is 220 minus your age. And that's okay, but literally it's okay because studies show that it's really only 66% accurate and that many people have a heart rate well below or way well above their age predicted. So it's more important to really understand your body, your fitness, 
and understand that LSD training or 70% of maximum heart rate or maximum capacity is meant to feel pretty comfortable. It's important to understand that. There's nothing wrong with using tighter standards with that, like really checking your heart rate and figuring all of that out. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know that it's critical either, as long as you understand that it's meant to be lower intensity. And if you're wearing a smartwatch like most people are these days, you can get a really good idea with just consistent training of if your numbers are pretty accurate or not. So this is based on using basically fat for fuel. So when we do LSD training, low, long distance, low, long, slow distance training, boy, that was a mouthful and didn't have to be. We're using primarily fat for fuel, all right? And the premise is that the longer you go, the more fat you're using. So not only are you using more fat for fuel because you are more aerobic, the longer you go, the more fat you are using, all right? It is also based on the premise that as long as your heart rate is elevated among above a certain percentage, and most people think that percentage is around 60% or so, you're getting a cardiac response, meaning you are getting adaptations to the heart muscle itself. So you are making it more fit. Now, there is an argument to the performance perspective that you would need to get it up over 85, 90% to improve your performance, say, as an endurance athlete. But as far as getting cardiac adaptations or improving your cardiorespiratory system, as long as you're getting it above, say, a baseline of around 60, 65%, you're getting adaptations. And the deal is you simply need to go longer. All right, I'll get a little, I'll, I'll clean this up a little more for you in a second and show you where the debate is. But first, let me talk a little bit about high intensity interval training. Now, for a long time, let's say maybe in the 80s and 90s, that was pretty much only used by endurance athletes trying to get faster. And it just means interval training. It means going high up in your maximum capacity, maximum heart rate, or VR2, or wattage, you know, whatever you're using for brief periods of time, anywhere from, say, 30 seconds to five minutes, and then recover with low-intensity training. That was done by endurance athletes forever. And there's no question that it can improve your performance. But in the last decade or so, that's become popular among physique athletes as well, that more and more people are trying, are, are gravitating towards it as a means to burn more fat than traditional long, slow distance training or steady rate training is another name for that. And why that happens is basically out of the premise of EPOC, excess post-oxygen consumption, and which is a true thing. And that means that you're burning more calories after high intense exercise than you are if you did steady rate training. So in other words, let's say you did 60 minutes at an LSD or steady rate training pace and you burned, say, 600 calories, all right? So 100 calories per 10 minutes. But let's say you did 30 minutes at 90% maximum heart rate on the average 
and you burned roughly the same amount, all right, like 630 minutes, which if you're really, if you're really huffing it, you can do that, all right? That's intense, but it can be done, and, and I'm just using that as easy numbers. So you're burning the same amount of calories, but the belief is that in, in high-intensity training, you're creating more EPOC, which means that after you've cooled down from steady rate training or long-slow distance training, the heart rate burn essentially gets back to normal very fast and your metabolism doesn't stay elevated. But after high intensity training, your system stays elevated for a much longer period of time and you're burning more calories hours after your workout. Is there truth to that? Yes. All right. There is truth to that. So because of that, a lot of physique athletes started using that as a means to burn body fat for shows. And then of course, then that turned into your everyday person wanting to use it to lose weight because they see the physique stars doing it. Now, the method to the madness gives you the science, all right? Gives you the science. And there is science behind that. There is truth behind that. But at the end of the day, if we're using it to lose weight and burn fat, the ultimate thing we have to do is eat better. And I talk about that. I talk about it all the time. I talk about it in my book that you can't outrun a poor diet. So there is that. If you're using it just as a means to say, I want to burn more fat off, sure, you are going to get a little bit of an edge over steady rate training. A little bit. And again, I'm comparing like, Earlier, I compared two numbers that were really large. But if you're doing the hour long, slow distance workout for 600 calories and you're doing 15 minutes of high intensity interval training where you're burning more calories per 10 minutes, but you're stopping at 15 minutes. So let's say you're burning around, you know, 200 to 250 calories. So it's it's not superior. And again, I'm I'm bringing up random numbers, I know. But the point is, is that in order for them to be superior, you need to do more work with it to make it worth it. So 15 minutes isn't going to equal an hour. 30 minutes probably is, and you're going to get more epoch. All right. Now, as far as cardiac adaptations, you with both of them, you're getting cardiac adaptations. So you're getting cardiac adaptations with both. You're getting fat burn with both. Now with EPOC, I failed to mention that, or I'm sorry, with high intensity interval training, which creates EPOC, I failed to mention that you're burning more carbohydrates as you go because it's more anaerobic. That doesn't mean that you're not going to burn the fat later because you are. Eventually, any deficit is going to burn fat, all right? So it's not true when you hear, well, you're not burning any fat at all when you're doing high intensity stuff. That's not true. You are burning a greater percentage of fat for fuel during lower intensity exercise because higher intensity exercise is anaerobic and thus burns carbohydrates. But at the end of the day, if you're creating a deficit, you are going to burn fat. So I don't put any of that into the equation. All right. So let's settle the score a little bit. All right. They both give you cardiac adaptations. They both burn fat and calories. One burns longer than the other after stopping, right? 
they both essentially give you performance advantages. Um, you know, when we're talking performance advantages, I mean, let's face it, if you're going out running your local 5K and you're in good shape and you're training to stay in good shape, which ultimately, you know, really should be the goal, right? Just being in good shape. You're going to perform right at where you're going to be anyway, so you might as well train in the style you love, all right? So the tail of the tape. It comes down to this, as I told John on the podcast today. It's what do you like to do? What's going to get you out of bed and exercise? Now, I like to do different versions, but if I have to pick one, at least over the last couple years, I'd have to say I like steady rate training better. You know, and I'll do it for a long time. Like on the weekends, I love to go for long bike rides. Not necessarily, well, I'm definitely not getting on my bike saying, ooh, I can't wait to see how much fat I'm going to burn. No, I'm not thinking that way. I'm not even thinking about, oh boy, this is going to be so good for my heart today. Although both of those things are true. I'm thinking, I want to go on a long bike ride and meditate a little bit, you know, pray in my mind and listen to some music, listen to some podcasts, get out in nature, you know. I'm doing it because I love it, you know. So I enjoy that kind of training. And during the week, I don't have as much time to put in those marathon long cardio sessions, but I still really prefer steady rate training. I like to get my heart rate elevated just enough. I'm like really comfortable and good around that 70% range or so. And I'm breaking a sweat. I'm feeling good. I'm getting a little bit of an exercise high. And that's really good for me. Now, occasionally I like to do intervals, mostly because, you know, boredom. I think, oh, you know, I feel like doing this today. Sure. And I know there's performance advantages, but personally, I really like steady rate stuff. Now, We talked about it on his podcast today, too. You know, there are things we have to learn to do. I mean, some people just can go out with no music, no nothing, and just meditate. And I can do that sometimes. And when I say meditate, I mean, they're just kind of like tuning into nature, tuning into their body. You know, that's really one of the best meditations there is. Now, some people, you know, need more bells and whistles and, and things like that. So if that's the case, maybe more podcasts, more audiobooks, music, things like that will be will be great and get you out there and going. Some people, though, even those tools don't work. And I know people like that. We have clients like that, that even 10 minutes on the bike for them is torture to warm up. So, you know, for them, for people that really have ADHD, and we all do, you know, we really all do these days. We've been trained to with our phones, with society the way it is. Our attention is totally being grabbed all the time, and we've gotten really used to it. So there are some people that can't get over the boredom. So HIIT training, HIT training will be fine for them. They're going to get the same bang for the buck if that's what they want to do. And there is some truth to you can do shorter workouts. Of course you can. There's an old axiom in fitness that says, if you want to go long, you can't go hard. If you want to go hard, you can't go long. You know, if you think about it that way and think they're pretty darn equal, there really isn't much debate. What's going to get you doing it? That's what I want you to find. You know, a little kind of a funny story. I mean, I love the method to the madness. I love talking science. But if you've listened to me long enough, you know that I have a sense of humor and I like to keep things real. And I think that's what makes people like tune in, you know, 
And plus, it's just the truth, you know, in, in my crazy world and my crazy head. So when I moved into my neighborhood here, oh gosh, what, five, six years ago now, um, I wouldn't say I have the friendliest neighbors in the world. You know, we have, uh, you know, we have the HOA Nazis. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy what, what people can do. So there's been, there's a couple that have like tormented the neighborhood since I've moved in and they're an older couple and, uh, they're out every morning walking, you know, and they walk their little dog and then they walk by themselves and then they walk at lunchtime and they walk at dinner. I mean, now I don't know what their motives are. You know, at first I really just believe their motives were to just go out and create as many problems as they can. I mean, they had their phones out. They take pictures of the silliest infractions of people. Um, you know, you get letters and you know, the, the, uh, photographs came from them and all that. So early on, I thought, and I still partly think this, that, you know, that was their only motive out for walking, you know, but now that I, I see them a lot, cause I either walk in the morning myself or I run and I jog. Sometimes I bike around the neighborhood, you know, and I see them and I saw them this morning and I've, you know, I've, I've kind of taken a turn on them. It's like, I don't think they're the nicest people in the world. People out there like turning people in all the time. But man, I got to tip my hat to them. You know, they are in good shape. They're older. Like, I don't know how old, but they're older. They're senior citizens and they're retired and they're in good shape and they walk, they walk, they walk, they walk. They walk probably more than anybody I know. What is their motive? I don't know. Like I said, I used to think it was just to torment the neighborhood, but now I'm just thinking, you know what? These people love to walk. You know, and I think that's awesome. You got to find what you love to do. Cardiorespiratory exercise is essentially defined as any steady exercise that rhythmically elevates your heart rate and you can sustain it for at least 10 minutes. Now, to get adaptations, we're going to have to get 20 to 30 minutes a day. But if we can sustain it for 10 minutes, we're at least going to get an adaptation for that period of time. That's what cardiorespiratory exercise is. Find what you love to do. I know people that love to bike. I love to bike. I love to walk. I like to run. I like to swim, but it's a pain in the neck to get to the pool. So I'm not going to force myself to get to the pool when there's no need for it. I'll love it. And if I had an Olympic-sized pool in my backyard, then I'd be all over it. But I don't. All right. So you got to find what you love to do. Don't worry so much about the intensity, you know, don't listen to people that don't necessarily know what they're talking about. You know, people on social media telling you, you have to do hit training or you have to go for hours. It's simply not true. What we really do need to do to get benefits and the American College of Sports Medicine has been stating this for three decades now, at least 150 minutes a week of cardiorespiratory exercise, and it could be moderate to light, at least 150 that's 30 minutes, five times a day. If we're 30 minutes, five times a week. Now, if you do 30 minutes, five times a day, that's pretty darn impressive, right? So if we're doing that, we're doing what we need to do. The real key is do it. Get in the consistent habit like my neighbors are. They're out there all the time. You know, on rainy days after the hurricane, I mean, I was silly enough to be out there as well after the hurricane. You know, the winds were still blowing a little and I'm out there in the morning, you know, trying to get some workout in. And guess what? There they were 
they're out there. And honestly, I don't think they were looking for trees in people's yards. I, they had their raincoats on and they were just getting their walk in. And you know what? Like I said, more power to them. You know, you got to find what you like to do. You, you don't worry about the intensity. Do what's going to get you out there. Just do what you will do. It's really that simple. There's no such thing as perfection. If we do a little bit every day, it's going to amount to great things. All right. So thank you, chiropractic physician, Dr. Doris Antos of Ormond Beach. She is a graduate of Palmer College right here in Daytona, in Port Orange, actually. Her office is on Granada. She's a phenomenal chiropractor. She's taking new patients. She has a new assistant. So if you've called and you've been put on a waiting list, she has an assistant. So it's time to call again, and I will put all of her information in the show notes. Until next time, be max fit and be max well.